Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. You're listening to the Jersey Cools. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. And tonight it is just you and me, baby, just like I like it. And because especially because tonight we're going to get we're going to get into it. Like this is an episode that I think is a long time coming, but I've been dodging both of these directors with for a very good reason for a very long time. So I'm excited to get into these movies. Same. I, you know what? This was a very surprising episode for me. Um, tonight, we're, we're, we're kicking it back to 2007. Yeah. Now, how are these billed? Were these billed as like Grindhouse, Death Proof, Grindhouse, Planet Terror, correct? Correct. And originally they did absolute, they were shown together at the movies and they totally bombed. So we're going to talk about Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez's 2007 Grindhouse colon death proof comma planet terror comma exclamation point dot 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 lol jk brb maybe i made up a couple of things at the end no, i don't but, think so I don't, I, I don't think so but um this this when they put this out it actually literally bombed as a double feature in the movies it was beaten by any guess i'll give you a hint it was a will ferrell movie that beat it in 2007 and it's a terrible will ferrell movie will ferrell and john heater Oh, was that the ice skating movie? Yes, Blades of Glory. Blades of Glory whoops its ass. And I got to tell you, the dude bros were not happy that day. Eli Mm -hmm. Roth and all of his friends were not happy that day. But yeah, this movie actually um, was originally released as a double feature. And I think is watched best as a double feature. I I think that it's a cool concept. Um, I mean, this is definitely for you know, people that really enjoy people, people that enjoy cinema, people that enjoy films. I think, you know, I love how you said it like a pretentious film school. Right. Well, that's what I'm, that was my- I enjoy cinema. The cinema. Like, I think, you know, no, no offense to the film school kids. Right. Um, That's me. Right. But it's like, I feel like this in concept was an awesome idea. Bring back the double feature. Like let's do the grindhouse thing. But not in 2007. Nobody was I guess it, it didn't. It just didn't work. You know, it's one of those. This might have worked in 1997. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it was just a, a case of bad timing. So just to, for, for the non-film school geeks out there, a grindhouse, thank you, Wikipedia, is actually an American phenomenon. It was a theater that would show almost entirely low budget, either horror, action, exploitation, splatter films. But what's an exploitation film, you might ask? I'm glad you asked, Jackie. Because according to the Oxford English Dictionary, now that's me getting real film school snobby. <laughs> um, yes, I used to read the OED for fun. Come at me. Um, t- I wish I had that kind of time on my hands still. <laughs> Jesus, what did I do with all my free time? Um, Webster's Dictionary defines <laughs> exploitation. It's like, I feel like I'm writing a paper back in ninth grade. What is love? as <laughs> according to Romeo and Juliet, like I feel like I'm about to write a paper on Romeo and Juliet. But anywho, 
An exploitation film is a specific type of cinema that is usually cheaply and quickly made, much like a porno almost. Mm -hmm. But rather than get your rocks off from sexual stuff, this one is designed to create the profit by referring to exploiting and basically blowing up and almost making fun of contemporary cultural anxieties. So for example, 70s, where I would argue is the heyday of exploitation films, dealt a lot with like fear of second wave feminism, fear of liberals, fear of biker gangs, fear of all these things that fear of drugs and like, you know, running rampant. And I always think of like, think of like Taxi Driver as like the world's mainstream exploitation film, right? They're they're exploiting our fear of how dirty and grimy and horrible New York was and of mm-hmm. how incelly people were getting back then. And they were spot on. Um, but yeah, so I think like the one thing Tarantino and Rodriguez always do is they know their cinema, right? Like they're film school geeks like me. So they do really hit the nail on the head with the vibe of a grindhouse exploitation film with both of these films, in my opinion. I thought, so I'm, I'm going to have to say full disclosure, I really, I shouldn't say I really, in general, I enjoy Robert Rodriguez films. It's only been in the last year that I've had a turnaround on Quentin Tarantino because for the longest time, if you ask me, do you like Tarantino films? I'll go, I love Reservoir Dogs, full stop. Um, And in like the last year or so, I've seen a lot more Tarantino and I'm like, you know, his films aren't bad. Um, you know, I'm still never going to call Pulp Fiction one of my favorites. Uh, all apologies. I'm sorry. Uh, I still think Reservoir Dogs is the best one. I still love it. I have a Mr. Blonde poster. I have a Mr. Blonde doll. Like, I will still die on the hill that Reservoir Dogs is my favorite. But especially some of his more, like, in the last 20 years movies. I've actually really enjoyed it. So I didn't think that I, honestly, I didn't think I was going to like Death Proof more than Planet Terror. But I a thousand percent loved Death Proof. Um, it was beautiful. I was. thought the way that it looked aesthetically, I thought everything about it, the casting, the costumes, the blood, the go- I thought Death Proof was so friggin' pretty. I, I really was surprised with how much I liked it. I really knew nothing going into it. Like literally, my knowledge going into this movie, Kurt Russell's in one of them. And there is uh, a gun leg in the other. And that was my extent of knowledge <laughs> I had on either of these movies. Uh, Rose McGowan. Um, yeah. yeah, she's got a gun leg and Kurt Russell's in a movie. That's all I knew. Yeah, I. so <laughs> I'm with you. I So I am not proud to admit how much I love Quentin Tarantino films, with the exception, the very strong exception of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because that movie can go fuck itself. But I, um, I love him and I love me too. I'm a sucker for a Rodriguez film too. And while I do argue that they haven't always aged well, mm-hmm. um, the Pulp Fiction is a movie I freaking love. Reservoir Dogs is a great. And so my biggest issue is I always have to struggle with my love for these films and my complete and utter fucking hatred of these directors, particularly Rodriguez. Because in my head now, Rodriguez doesn't get a dime of my money. He's fucking donezo. He can go fuck himself. I know that there is a lot of he said, she said with him and versus, you know, the whole Weinstein thing and him versus uh, McGowan. But I believe her. I stand with her. I think he knew what Weinstein was doing. And I think he fucking went with it just like Quentin knew. And they can all go fuck themselves where I'm coming from. So it's it's really I've had a really hard time wrapping my brain around juxtaposing my love for all of their films and their canon with my newfound. They can all go fuck themselves 
And to me, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was Quentin Tarantino raising a big fuck you to the Me Too movement. And I will save that for a rainy day. Nobody wants to hear my, my, my whole diatribe on that. But at the end of the day, I think my support of these guys dies now. And so I'll appreciate their canon. I'll talk about their movies. I'll, you know, I, I will appreciate what they've done for cinema because I think especially Tarantino has a place in film history, but they can go fuck themselves as far as I'm concerned. So let's let's dive in a little bit to the cringe so that we could put a pin in that and move on to the movies themselves if you're okay with that. Yeah. So, and there is cringe with both of these guys, right? Like, I mean, Rose McGowan has well-documented the torture that Robert Rodriguez put her through, not only on the set, but in their relationship. He usually, he would literally dangle Weinstein in front of her and kind of threaten her with Weinstein. Um, And he claims that he was her hero. Like, that's the part that makes me the most furious. When you read his narrative of what happened and their relationship, he literally is like, well, I casted her in my movie to spite him. Really? Because like your girlfriend was being raped and assaulted and your your answer was to cast her in a movie that he was producing like that just seems like faulty logic to me. Um, And I think it's important to note that she deserves to have her story told. And for all intents and purposes, she has been canceled by Hollywood because of all of this. Now, Quentin, it blows my mind how he has escaped being Me Too'd. Um, It looks like he's just really good at walking the line. So do I think he knew what Weinstein was up to? Absolutely. You can't convince me any of these people didn't know. Do I think he was complacent with what Robert Rodriguez was doing to his actors and to people in general? Yes, I do. But what's interesting about Quentin is that he always stayed in the gray area. So I don't know if you read, and we can link this, we can link this in the show notes. Uma Thurman came forward after Kill Bill. And I have to say, Kill Bill is one of my all-time favorite movies, both of them together. And Uma Thurman admitted that like on set, he would force her to do things that were unsafe and she would be like i can't do that stunt and he'd be like i don't care if you die and like quentin would be like spitting on her to get her to like be angry as the bride or like he would perpetuate the rape scene to be like authentic like the stuff he did was so on the cusp of being me too-ish so when she came out a couple of years ago and she was like here's all the ways that <laughs> quentin Tarantino fucked me up royally everybody was like I guess that's okay. Like he he didn't rape you. So, you know, so it's like, it's, it's interesting to me that Quentin has survived and will continue to get work. And nobody but me seems to be annoyed by what a fucking prick he is in real life. But, you know, I think that at the end of the day, one of the things that I boggles my mind is that I view both death proof and kill bill as somehow uniquely feminist films. And it, it, it like makes me nauseous and I can't reconcile how you could pr- simultaneously be promoting extreme violence against women and promoting like the dude bro-ness of it all, but also somehow have these protagonists that like win in the, these female protagonists that are so fucking awesome. Like Uma Thurman as the bride as Beatrice is one of my favorite fucking characters. And the girls who survive, I mean, the first half where the girls just get splattered, you're so in death proof, you're so attached to them. So it hurts. Mm-hmm. And then the second group, you're like, these girls are fucking so good too. So it's like, it, it really, and we can, we can kind of put a pin in that and circle back, but I'm just going to say that like, at the end of the day, the contradiction of Tarantino's treatment of women in real life and in his films is one of like my biggest conundrums in cinema, like in my love of cinema, as you would say. So I'm going to toss it to you now and see what you think about all that. Um, I, I'm pretty much in the same boat as you. 
um, where it's like that constant struggle of enjoying somebody's canon, finding out some shit, not wanting to support them in the future. And also like that undeniable thing of you have this really amazing artist, visionary director who was also a piece of shit. (laughs) You know, and it's like, you you don't want to put them in the same bag together, but they're in the same bag together. Right. So it, it is, it's, right. I mean, because but if it, it looks also, like shit, it it smells like shit, yeah. it's shit. Right. And, and like, it's also one of those things. And we've talked about it so many times with Rosemary's baby, where we don't want to, for lack of a better term, we don't want to cancel that movie because it's not just Roman Polanski's movie. Right. You know, you've got Mia Farrow who, said fuck you Sinatra like you know I'm gonna divorce me I'm making this movie you've got people it's more than just the director it's you know it's never just on a director's shoulders so it's like you don't want to take away from other people's art so it's I'm I'm with you completely like how do we how how do we justify the enjoyment when we know what happened behind the scenes when we like you know we hindsight is 2020 knowing what happens right it's, it's, it's and I don't know maybe we're copping out by just being like well moving forward we don't support them but we sure fucking love their old shit like I yeah. feel like that's maybe I'm copping out I don't know I'm always so interested to hear feedback on this kind of stuff um because I, I think that it's so complicated and like you said Jackie there's so many more people who go into these films that yeah. don't deserve to have like the same thing with Kubrick and the same like there's so many of these problematic motherfuckers but man do I love their films um so yeah, so uh, like can we can we dive in by starting with the trailers because goddamn it, those trailers are chef's kiss perfection. And here's the thing too, like whether I love like whether or not I'm ashamed of it, whether or not it's wrong, my god, I love these guys. What they do as directors, even as writers, what they do. And it's funny cuz I just shit on Eli Roth for a straight hour and a half, right? But and I had to see his face. I wasn't happy, Jackie. <laughs> I was like, how dare you universe? But of course, because he's literally just a puppet of, of Quentin yeah. Tarantino. But, um, you know, and the other thing I love that they did was they did such a great job of, to me, the irony of, of these grind like exploitation films is that the cultural anxieties that, that happened in the 30s through the 70s are the exact same fucking cultural anxieties today, right? Like when you watch a grind, like even Reefer Madness still holds up because yeah. of the ridiculous <laughs> illogicalness of it all same thing with like you know the black exploitation films there's what a be- what a great time like jordan peele's like the new advent evolution of that like the nazi fears the nudity the sex the liberation of women the race cars none of it has changed in a hundred years and something about that blows my mind the fact that the first grind like the the first grindhouse flicks are really coming around in the 20s now a hundred years later we're back in the new 20s and literally nothing has changed. Yeah. As far as like what our society will clutch its pearls at and be like me about. And it's like fucking chill out, motherfuckers. Like, like if everybody just calmed their boobs just a bit, we'd be in a much better place. But yeah. unfortunately, the good thing is we get these awesome grind grindhouse flicks mm-hmm. out of it. <laughs> um, all right. So which is your favorite of all the trailers? Because I have a hard this is my which favorite. one's yours. Let me hear yours. Oh, Edgar Wright's the the don't the hammer the homage to hammer horror yeah probably because it's a it's edgar Wright and b so clever and even though i secretly love thanksgiving i love it i would never (laughs) give eli a vote ever just up here principle no can't do it um i i have to i can't believe you didn't say werewolf women of the ss starring nick cage 
It's just so fun to say. It is. It is fun to say. It is. I, you know what? I think it's, it's like blinded by the love for Edgar Wright. Fair. Yeah. I think it's, you know, I thought Nick Cage. It can't always you. be about it. It can't always be about Nick Cage. I know. I know. It's I'm sorry. Bomb. You just dropped a bomb on me. I did drop a bomb. Hobo with the shotgun, of course, was turned into an actual movie, yeah. which I, I have to admit I've never seen. So I do have to. Yeah. And same thing with Machete. I'm embarrassed to admit I've never seen Machete. So we definitely should watch both of those films and get yeah. around to that when we can. But yeah, Don't looks really good. And what I love the most about Don't as a trailer is that it's so Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. If Edgar Wright were to make a Hammer horror film, and God, I wish Edgar Wright would make. I did like Last Night in Soho though, so I probably lose I my. Still haven't seen that yet. I have. Oh my to. God, really? I know. Yeah. I've been oh. meaning to watch it. I have. People but, love um, it. I'm just. Yeah. A, I'm just. I don't know what it was. It just didn't do it for me. Maybe we'll cover it for the show because it's horror adjacent. We can get away with it. Fair enough. All right, so let's dive into to Death Proof here. Okay. Um, the one thought I think we could both agree with. Kurt Russell. Yeah, it's still bang Kurt Russell. Oh, even God, in this movie. So fucking hot. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was funny. So stuntman Mike, which <laughs> is like he, he has to be like one of those creepy bar flies that goes by stuntman Mike. I was like, I'm here for that. I like that. Um, when he does his John Wayne impression. Uh, like yes i just like i just wanted to like put a cigarette in my mouth and have kurt russell come over with a lighter and like flick mm. and, and light my cigarette for me like i don't know i'm not even a smoker and like that's what i wanted in that <laughs> moment i'm like i'm just gonna go back and buy i'm gonna go buy a pack of cigarettes and just sit on my front porch and wait for kurt russell to come into my house and light my cigarette so this movie was really really well casted i loved the group yeah. of girls oh god both um, groups both groups yeah of girls both both groups of girls like and it was fun because they were it was too like let's pretend this was high school that's two completely different cliques of girls in high school kind of thing um but i loved like so many attributes of each one um like i love how playful julie was with her friend she's like yeah my friend's visiting in town you know and if you you know she'll give you a lap dance if you you know Hmm. say the right thing or whatever and like this is just this chick is saying this on the radio. Like, how about breaking your breaking your friend's balls with? Oh yeah, yeah um, I just promised my listening audience. To give us, <laughs> I know, and so that it's so true. I love the interaction between these women. I think, and it's funny because again, like, why does Quentin Tarantino? So I have a love hate with Quentin dialogue. I love it ninety nine percent of the time. And then 1% of the time, I'm like, Quentin, not everybody talks like you. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's like he never remembers to include characters who don't have that Quentin Tarantino cat. Like, so mm-hmm. like, and they call, apparently it's called the pledge, right? It's a specific type of dialogue where they say something that makes you go, wait, what? And then something big happens. So for the most famous example is in Reservoir Dogs, when Tarantino's Mr. Pink says, you know what, like a version's really about? It's about the fact that the, a woman guy, a guy, a girl give, digs a guy with a big dick, right? And you're like, wait, what? And then be, and like, and the dialogue, what I love about this film and in Kill Bill is so much of the dialogue. You're like, wait, what? And then you're like, oh shit, look what just happened. Like, and it, it works. It's like, he gets your attention so well and there, you have to be smart enough and clever enough to get the, like, it's just smart. And it's yeah. fucking funny. And you love you, it makes you fall in love with the characters while it also builds this suspense that's so like you're on the edge. Cause the whole time they're out, the scene where they're sitting and they're like in the rain and they're all sitting out there, I'm like, oh shit, oh shit. The whole yeah. you know he's going for it. You know what I mean? Like 
it's just so fucking clever. And and again, you're right. Like, I want to hang out with those girls. I wanted to be the person they called to come and hang out and drink and, get, you know, get fucked yeah. up and be silly. But also then I'm like, okay, but Quentin, not everybody talks like this. <laughs> like- yeah. um, real quick, before we keep going with like plot stuff, um, as per usual, the soundtrack in a Tarantino film mm-hmm. is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. God damn, does this man know how to put the music in? Like it, every single song is a song I've probably never heard of, but then watch the movie and now fucking love. And I've added a couple yeah. of those songs to my Spotify playlist because they're so fucking cool. Like he's, he is, it's so he's right. He's really fucking good at that. Every <laughs> single, I mean, the Pulp Fiction soundtrack is fucking flawless. Like start to finish yeah. iconic. And now when I hear those songs, like I can't listen to Miserloo without thinking of the rape scene from Pulp Fiction anymore. Yeah. You know, like it changes your head about yeah. the, which is, which is no easy feat. Another, <laughs> getting back to his soundtrack though it does traumatize you a little bit because then you start associating the the songs with these horrible things and it also reminds me of how little tarantino actually understands women yeah because like (laughs) is it weird to tarantino that a woman could like a john hughes film and also be super into like cars or like like i feel like he thinks he thinks he's writing a woman that doesn't exist which pisses me off like same thing with kill bill it's like how would how would bill have ever landed her being as cringy as he is like there's just and same thing with kurt russell's character as much as i i mean he's kurt russell so he could get away with it you're like is are you okay like you don't you can't talk to a woman like you clearly and and, i mean arguably by design right but like that man mike is supposed to be a little smooth and he's not he's just cringy And again, Jungle Julie and that whole group are tragically killed. And he's brilliant because he doesn't drink. He lets them get all drunk. He It looks like an accident to the doctors. The doctors don't care because it's just a bunch of broads out on a Saturday night. The 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 accident scene is might brutal. be one of my like most favorite moments of cinema ever captured. Wow. Because you, I'm serious. Like I was, was brutal. legitimately blown away with how cool that looked because yeah. we got shown the car like he basically if you haven't seen it he has a car that's death proof he's a stunt man so he's as the driver is always perfectly safe but anybody else you know you're fucked so he basically drives into the girl's car and like clips the top off the car and Mm -hmm. all four girls in it are horribly 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 dismembered but the way that it's shot is we get shown that scene each time for each different girl and we get a very detailed account of exactly how they die and it is gruesome it is bloody it is gory and it is so fucking cool right and 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 agreed and the violence because like it's so hard to watch at that point because you're so emotionally invested in all of them um but when the second group of girls chase him down and beat him to a literal death I'm like yeah the whole time because and it's funny because like like I said Molly watched Les Timmons she was like so this guy's like a jerk and he's trying to kill him in the car and I was like yeah and she was like so now they're gonna go kill him and I was like yeah I was like and I explained to her what an exploitation film was and she goes 
that's stupid. And she walks away. Like she was so unaffected by the whole thing. It made me giggle. But to be fair, she only watched the first, the last five minutes right. of the movie. So, and I, I had mentioned Reservoir Dogs. And so after the first group of girls die, when we meet this second group, like it's, it's a complete shift in the movie where it's almost like you're watching a different movie. But I love the scene in the diner because it was very reminiscent of Reservoir Dogs in the scene in the diner in Reservoir Dogs before they head out when they're all sitting there talking. It was to me, it was very like the way it was shot, the dialogue. It was very reminiscent of Reservoir Dogs, which makes it difficult because I don't know if I like the first part of Death Proof better or the second part. I think it feels like two separate movies. It it really does, which is amazing to me that that you know tarantino pulled that off where we get you know the same movie it has it has such a different feel i mean it's colored different like it's just it's a it brighter is it's completely film. Like it's, yeah and it was done so well and we get introduced to this this next group of women who again like we almost have like these archetypes like we have mm-hmm. kind of the you they know our archetypes you know we've got in a weird way right. yeah we've gotten ingenue and we've mm-hmm. got more of like you know a, a tough girl yeah, like and the tomboy there yeah like, then there's like the car you know, the motorhead girl right and then there's kind of just like the uh, kind of like an every girl um yeah. rosario dawson's character is kind of yeah. like yeah the like average, i like a little right. bit of this a little bit of that yep. the protect right yeah and it's it's such it's such a cool shift of it's 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 almost like they take all the time to do what generally slasher movies do in 10 minutes where you've got the killer that has been murdering the women the whole entire time and then there's kind of a shift and now the final girl gets to kill the killer yeah what i liked about this is it had that shift but we just really expanded it to we get to meet the final girls and we get to learn about the final girls and we get the in-depth like thought process of the final girl because you know they're in the car and stuntman mike's trying to kill him and instead of being like oh my god blah, blah, it was like all right fuck this guy we're going after him and i love seeing that process from start to finish i love that everything was drawn out everything was explained i loved seeing every moment of their decisions of being scared that their friend is going to die to turning around and that same friend that was screaming because she thought she was dead, you know, any second for her to jump up and be like, cool, I'm fine. Let's kill this fucker. Yeah, there's something, I mean, and I love the, the feminism of that. The fact that the girl's like, yeah, I'm good, bro. Let's fucking go fuck this guy up. Like yeah. is so feminist. So I, I found an article in Paste Magazine from 2022 called Death Proof and the Contradictions of Quentin Tarantino's Strong Women. And it was like, this person was in my brain because they were, they were, and we can link it in the show notes. I couldn't stop thinking about how hard it was for me to, for some reason to accept how feminist this film really reads to me. And one of the things that is said is that it's strange that he can hit, he being Quentin, can hit a home run when it comes to giving female characters the power they are always entitled to, but that he captures the unique anguish and fear that stems directly from their own gender. And I think that's so interesting because it's true. Like the victims who are become the aggressors, right? They become the final girl, they survive and they go back and they kill him. And the fear that they, that he's getting off on causing becomes the fear that he then feels right. This man, they, they give him a very big dose of his own medicine. And he's such a little bitch by the end that you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> but when I then juxtapose that 
with what was happening behind the scenes in the 90s and 2000s in these movies and what these poor women had to go through to be in these films and to be a part of Weinstein's legacy and to, you know, be rolling with the dude bros of the, the Rodriguez's and the Tarantino's. The, the fact that Rose McGowan was dealing with her own feelings of rape and violence while having to portray that same rape and rapey violenceness in these films just makes me so icky. And so one of the other quotes I want to quote from this, this article because it captured exactly how I felt was Quentin Tarantino's contradictory treatment of characters will always puzzle excite and disgust in equal measure and that's the truth of it for me it's like I love it I'm boggled by it I'm disgusted by it but I can't get enough of it and it makes me feel bad for liking it as much as I do and one of the other things they say in this in this article which is so true is that when you're watching this film particularly it's like watching him play with dolls he poses these women in ways that are pleasing to the male gaze right like very hypersexualized, like the feet because you know he's got the weird fetish very there's lots of foot shots there's even her feet get like chopped off when she's hanging them out the fucking window of the car yeah. there's lots of like boobies and butts and and guys trying to make passes at them fucking Eli Roth and yet like he also makes dialogue that is like every man's dream, right? Every man wants a jungle Julie who's so cool and so fucking like aloof and just bangs guy. Like, and and it's not to say that that, that person can't exist in real life, but not every woman is that person. Not every yeah. one of us is that cool. And the same thing with the tropey. I think the second group of girls fall victim to tropes more than the first group yeah. because I feel like, all right, the token, like butchy girl, the token, acty, like stupid one who stays the back, you know, like, So I think there's a touch of danger and like they highlight, he highlights and almost exploits their sexuality in ways that I feel uncomfortable with. But then I'm like, well, do I feel uncomfortable with this because it's Quentin or because it's actually cringy? And I can't tell. I can't tell if if this film was made by a woman, if I wouldn't have been like, oh, that was so fucking cool. Yeah. I I always, I it's always such a gray area for me because it's like, like the whole sexuality thing it's like i don't know i want to give a woman you know the right to to be as trophy as she wants and, to be you know right? as she wants to be you want to be a big slutty and put your titties right. out fucking do, do it. it they're your titties right. Right. you're not doing it for them i uh recently uh i was listening to to a podcast that my our friend adam is on um and he was talking about how uh he does a lot of figure drawings and he does all body types all body shapes all races all you know girls with blue hair girls with shaved head like athletic i know build, i love builds, yeah you know and and he was talking about you know when he's doing that kind of art you know it's it's never for somebody else you know it's like it's the kind of person that's going to buy that when they see themselves in his art it's it's for them when you use, he's got a, you know, a, a, a woman that is in lingerie and she's got a very fit build and it's all super sexy. Cool. And you have the same set of lingerie on a woman who is a plus size person. You know, it's like that plus size person is not putting that lingerie on for anybody else. It's like, she's doing it for herself, you know, and the art it's all about, you know, to, to get back to the topic of, you know, sexuality and whatever, like, the misconception that we're being, I'm going to say way, I'm going to generalize yeah. the misconception that we as women put on makeup and put our titties out and, and, you know, wear tight clothing that it is for someone else, other than the fact that we're doing it for us. 
because it makes us feel good. It makes us feel sexy. Like I think, you know, it's one of those things where if we want to have that, we can do that. So it's always such a, like, yeah, I, I completely agree that if this woman, if a woman had made this movie, would we be saying the same things or would we be fucking cheering it on from the fucking rooftops that fuck? Yeah. This is the movie that needs to be made. This is the message that needs to be sent kind of thing. Right. And is it, I mean, like even the diversity of the characters is something to be applauded in a 2007 movie, in my opinion, there's so like, there's so many different, like there's a African-American character. There's a Latino character. There's, there's so much diversity. There's so much, but again, like this whole, like, Hey, be careful. There's predators out there. A wink from Quentin in 2007 just feels hits different for me. And I don't know if maybe you're right. Maybe that's not fair. Maybe the women in this film all made choices with their wardrobe and with, I mean, maybe he didn't pose them, but in my head, it just feels like he's, he forced them their hand and that, I don't know, but I do love that the predator becomes the prey. My, my question for you is you and me are in that car. Are you bad, bad? Like, are we bad ass enough to be like, fuck it, let's go kill him now? Or do we call 911? I call 911. We, yeah, no, we call yeah, I'm not. I think we- I am not that girl. We, you know what? We have a probably like 20 minute conversation where we're going to beat his ass. <laughs> we go into detail You probably stop him me. Up. Right, yeah. yeah I and probably then, get out of the car like I'm going to go kick his ass and you pull me and, back. And, yeah, I think we get versa. to the point- we get to the point where we're like, we get out and we like grab the baseball bats from the trunk because for some reason we have baseball bats in the trunk. I think we get to the point of getting baseball bats in the trunk. And then we're like, you know what? I think we should let the professionals handle this. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think I so think too. Maybe have to call 911. I don't I think, think we I think we talk a big game we and do. then I think we Oh, we act bats. like we're going to go yeah. kill him. Oh sure. yeah, no, we talk yeah, we, big game. We talk um, big is there a so I know situations I know there are situations where I would kill, but I don't yeah. think this would be it for me. Like no, I this don't know. Be it for like you just this guy literally just tried to kill you. I, I would like to think that violence does not beget violence. Yeah, I would like to think to that I could I would like to think that I could control myself and be the oh, better person and be like. You know, I'm going to wait until like the cops are putting the cuffs on him and then be like, yeah, hold me back. Yeah. Hold me back. <laughs> I'm going to kick his ass. Like, I feel like that's no, I like, don't... I would, I would like talk the talk. And then as he's being put into the car, being like, you're a little bitch. See, yeah, what shit's now? Weak. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's um, what I do. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm with you. I like to think that rational older me would, would prevail, but you know me, you know, I'm the one you got to hold back. And I, that I have a, a bit of a temper about me. I don't know if you know this about me. Um, and there are certain situations where without any hesitation, I would kill. But I don't know that this would be one of them. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't but I also that. would be really pissed that he tried to kill me. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I would, I, I would, I'm like, I'm the kind of person that like, like I said, I don't, I would like to think that I would not be violent. I would also like to think that I would find you and I would like put something in your food. So you had diarrhea for three weeks straight. Yeah. Me or the guy who did it? No, the guy who did it. Oh, okay. That's, he deserves way more than, um, like, I kind of want to be sneaky. Like I'll poison you. I'll poison you a little bit. I don't want to kill you. I'll, you know, but I'll, you know, I'll put some crud in your soup. Yeah, you yeah that's really kind of you. I would definitely be like, no, nah, he deserves to die. Like I would, yeah. I would do way worse than, yeah. Um, interesting, interesting. So I, anything else on Death Proof? Mm, no, I, I like that way more than I thought I was going to. Me, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that because I kind of forced you into this watch and I love 
love that movie. Yeah. Now the second one, I like. Agree. <laughs> Which surprises me because I was geared up. I'm like Robert Rodriguez from Dust Till Dawn. Let's do yeah. this. He's my boy. Like I love from Dust Till Dawn. Mm, Josh so Brolin. I, was, I love Josh Brolin. Yeah. Like I was geared up for this movie because I'm like, this is going to be so much better than Death Proof. Like I'm ready. Um, this was enjoyable. Didn't love it like I love Death Proof. No, same. Yeah, I and, and it actually doesn't hold up for me as well as Death Proof does. Um, like, it, it feels like... Uh, I don't know. It feels like it's trying a little too hard, in my opinion, to be grindhouse and shocking and over-the-top. That it almost kind of... Like, it feels... I feel the effort there, and it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. This basically felt like... It was like, uh, what do I have in my note? This feels like somebody was like, hey, you know that uh, video game that you play at the arcade, House of the Dead? Um, do you want to make that into a movie? Like this felt like he was <laughs> yeah. trying to make a like new Resident Evil movie or like a new House of the Dead. Right. And like, I don't was... know why it had that feeling, but I'm just like, I just, you know, guns and zombies. Like it just felt like he was making yeah. a bad remake of like a video game when we do video game to film you know right and there's so much cringy violence against women whether it's the spousal abuse whether it's the almost rape scenes whether whatever the well the rape scene whatever the case may be that like to me it's like there's whereas in death proof there's an old underlying ultimate theme of empowerment in planet terror i'm feeling very watching Rose McGowan's victimization again. And I, I keep saying, I should say Cherry Bomb. And Fre- Freddie Freddy Rodriguez, right? Freddie Rodriguez's character is is a nice hero to her. But mm-hmm. I, I just, there's nothing sits well with me. Like when I watch all these abuses that the men in this movie enact in this violence against women, all in the name of a zombie flick. It never pays off. Yeah, she, I guess, gets her big comeuppance when she gets a, a gun for a leg and runs around shooting everybody. But I just don't ever feel like it truly, the victimization that I have to watch her go through, and in addition to the victimization the other female characters go through, never feels worth the payoff for me with this film. Yeah. So it's like cringy to me. That, I will say, is the one element that Robert Rodriguez did completely on point as far as like homage to Grindhouse because one of the things I had read about Grindhouse is about the posters and the artwork in particular is they are going to put like the most graphic cool like basically it's clickbait and when you think about Planet Terror what do you think about her her leg machine gun leg Mm -hmm. all movie I'm like where the fuck is the machine gun leg (laughs) and it's like the last 10 minutes of the movie so they I mean the hook worked like I'm yeah. waiting the whole time for fucking machine gun leg because when you think of that like, yeah and yeah it's like not until the very very end so I mean he got you there he clickbaited you that's to, fair yeah. yeah and and you're right I didn't think about that the fact that the gun leg only makes up such a small like mm-hmm. you know I just feel like it, it's the, the I don't know I don't I think, think this it's film like we know is... we know too much about reality with this movie where reality kind of blends with the fantasy of the movie. And I think it makes it a tougher watch because of that. Right. We're actually, like, there was the victimization of Rose McGowan, the actress. Yeah. And there was the victimization of her character, Cherry, 
yeah. happening at the same time. I know. And it right. And it was it done at the hands watch. of the guy who made the movie. Right. Yeah. And and I think that like at the end of the day, whereas Tarantino has a long history, Jackie Brown, the, the, the bride, um, even like, you know, some of the characters, the less like the minor characters in some of his earlier films, there are females who are arguably uh, feminine you could get a feminist read on and i would argue that you could make a feminist read on on cherry bomb but they don't give her enough time to flourish into a final girl more so than just hey you're so fucked let me put a gun on your leg violence 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 like you know what i mean yeah. like eh, um, i don't know i i the, think this is the weaker of the two by it far. is um i did enjoy the the comedy aspects of this movie like there were parts of this yeah. movie that were funnier see, I, than i, I expected like it to cringy. be uh, see i didn't there was some there was some parts that i didn't find i mean like the the big payoff <laughs> the pun um like the the you know cherry's what's his name freddie freddie yeah uh, yeah yeah like his whole thing is like you know he never misses like when he shoots a gun he never misses when he shoots he never misses yeah and then like the joke at the end where she's pregnant <laughs> because he shoots and never misses. never misses like yeah. i did i i this was a little bit there is there than were I parts where i giggled yeah, yeah that's like funny. i didn't expect that kind of clever comedy yeah and like even like the monstrous characters had a comedic edge to them like brolin's villain had <laughs> like i can't take i know i love him so much that it's hard to but like there's definitely like moments like even like the texas chili bar like there's a lot of tiki things going on i think it's it's cherry darling is i don't know I keep calling her Cherry Bob, like the song by What's Its Face. What's the band yeah. that um, Joe Jet was the in? The Runaways. The Runaways. <laughs> yeah. She's your Cherry Bob. Cherry Darling, excuse cherry me. Darling. But like, um, even like when like the 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 attempts at, at at humor that make me uncomfortable are like during the rape scene and like you right. know what I mean. Like, there's so I don't know. I don't know. The well, cringy characters are supposed to be funny. Tom Savini's character, which in my oh notes my I just call him Officer Sex Machine because <laughs> oh, that's fair of his character from from Russell Dawn. <laughs> his he was so fucking funny in this movie. Like I was like every all the stuff with the with that he did. I love when it was like, you know, when the cop was like, don't shoot me. And then like he gets shot. Like, I don't know. <laughs> the comedic elements were there in this movie more so than Death Proof. Oh, like, for I sure. feel like there were parts where it was like this set out to be a comedy that also had zombies and also had some violence and some explosions. You know, this this was way funnier than I expected it to be. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's really fair. I did chuckle a few times. I, I have to be honest. I was much less into this watch than I was into the, the other yeah. one. I mean, I thought, um, I thought it was fun. When like the like get stuck made me giggle. Like there were things that definitely made me giggle. Looking yeah. at my notes, I'm like, tee hee hee a few times. Yeah. Um, but to me, this one just doesn't like, yeah, this one just doesn't add up as much for me. <laughs> um, also the, the babysitter twins. <laughs> that's fair. They, they were, I'm like, why were they not my babysitters? Cause they were super fucking fun. I love the babysitter. <laughs> I liked the whole plot of the mom. I mean, you know me, I'm a sucker for a mom trying to rescue her kid. Mm -hmm. um, they kill the kid. I know it's pretty it. badass. That's pretty horrible. It. It's a pretty horrific fate that yeah. most of these characters meet. I mean, in the, in the honor, like in the way of true grindhouse, right? Like you, you want people to die. But yeah, it was a ballsy move. I thought I, I, I like that part. You know, there's probably a whole psychological reason that in the beginning there was the guy that was like, my note is why balls? Ew. Yeah, I know. Ballsack. I'm eating lunch. Like that. No, it was gross. It was a gross. It's a gross 
really over the top and like almost over the top to the point where it's like comedic which I guess is what they're going for but yeah. it was it was brutal like I was like yeah. it was pretty yucky, was and, yucky. I, and I yeah. always love like and just like the the oozy the like I don't like bleh, bleh. Yeah. I hate, like it's like anything adjacent to like Dr. Pimple Popperness makes me want to barf so yeah, no, that's to me great. I'm like whoa, 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 whoa. it was yeah I wasn't I, I was eating lunch apparently when I watched yeah. this movie because yeah why <laughs> why balls ooh ooh testicles yeah I'm eating lunch um and then like a little a little Bruce Willis which oh, I always I, you know, good for what ails you always always even Take when he's, he's in the, the right he's he, He's another one who, even when he's playing a scumbag, I'm like, no, oh, Bruce Willis. Yeah. Don't forget to check us out on social media or your favorite podcasting app. Just search for Jersey Ghouls and you will find us there. You can also find our podcast, contact. our blog, our, our contact fin for Fration. Contact fin for Our fur for <laughs> You know what? The Swedish it. chef is taking us out tonight. Just go guys. to jerseygools.com. That's yeah. all I'm trying to say. All right. Well, we're done here, right? Uh, bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs>